Let's head over to the KRDO Newsline now. We are joined by Ira Cronin with the Colorado Springs Police Department. We are continuing to talk about a case that has not only gripped the attention of many here throughout southern Colorado, but really uh, gripped the the you know attention of many nationwide. It is the uh, Kimberly Singler case, of course, as we mentioned. She was arrested over the weekend in London. Good morning, Ira. And let's talk a little bit about what led up and uh, how Colorado Springs Police were able to work with some of those international partners to find her. Yeah, good morning, uh, Andrew and Shannon. And first and foremost, uh, Happy New Year. Hope things are off to a great start for you guys. And, uh, yeah, we've been working hard, uh, obviously, since the morning of December 19th when we originally got the call for service, you know, at the residence regarding a reported burglary. And many of those uh, efforts have involved, um, once the seriousness of the case began to grow, many uh, law enforcement partners. And one of those clearly has been uh, working closely with the FBI, and they were certainly one of the key partners that uh, now turns out to be one of the many uh, partners involved internationally to uh, help us be able to locate uh, Kimberly Singler and to take her safely into custody without incident. Yeah, and we know that uh, there was uh, some lengthy battles between uh, Kimberly and her ex-husband when it came to custody of the children. And how has it been kind of working kind of with that victim advocacy side uh, with the remaining child as well as uh, the grieving father in the midst of all this? Well, we've certainly had, you know, a couple of focuses um, since this case uh, unfolded, and one of them clearly has been uh, the surviving uh, 11-year-old daughter of Kimberly and uh, uh, Mr. Wentz, and the focus to make sure that she's being well cared for and, you know, given the many resources that uh, she's required and, and will require into the future is always uh, a big focus of, you know, our efforts here, especially those, as you mentioned, in our, our victims' advocacy unit. And, you know, it gets a little complicated in this case with uh, Dad, you know, not being here in the Colorado Springs area. Um, but we've certainly reached out, and I know we're working very broadly um, with many family members here. And uh, I know I've seen reported. I don't have direct knowledge of them, but, uh, you know, there's been family uh, statements over the weekend, you know, clearly asking for for privacy. We can only imagine what a difficult, difficult situation this has got to be, uh, you know, for the family members involved uh, and just in such a horrible, uh, horrible incident. But uh, again, you know, our main focus, and it's been very interesting to observe, you know, I've been with the police department now four months, but coming from, you know, the journalism side of things to see the internal workings and the focus and the absolute dedication to getting things 100% right uh, before we proceed from a law enforcement standpoint uh, has really been uh, a pleasure to not only get to you know learn about and observe firsthand. And, and I can tell you, it's really this, uh, you know, our top priority every day, obviously, is to go out and protect this community, but uh, making sure that we hold people accountable, especially for such horrible acts in our community, um, is our top priority right now. But I mean, she could have ended up anywhere in the world. Uh, was there something more that could be done to provide oversight of this potential suspect? Yeah, that's a question uh, certainly that I've gotten a lot. And, you know, again, it gets back to our dedication to making sure that we get an investigation into such a serious and complex 
and, you know, frankly, horrible crime scene uh, exactly right. Um, every citizen of the United States is protected by the Constitution. And uh, when we are told certain things, we will proceed down the path of what those things are, and we will fully investigate them. Um, and that includes talking to a lot of different people. But our ability to, you know, surveil somebody, if you want to use that word, or keep an eye on them or keep tabs on them, again, it's truly limited by the Constitution. It's not always as um, instantaneous uh, or the way, you know, we may see it in the movies or on TV. Um, we certainly uh, were proceeding and treating uh, Ms. Singler initially with her claims, and we were investigating those and investigating all possibilities. Uh, but until we reached a certain threshold uh, that we could, uh, you know, get a judge to agree with, and clearly those charges were agreed with in the arrest warrant. We know what the arrest warrant charges from what we released uh, last Thursday evening. Um, until we can get to that point, there really is, you know, uh, very little we can do um, to enforce the laws as they're on the books. Yeah, and I think that's something that uh, might be kind of lost is uh, there's so much attention on, you know, some of the true crime nature of this, obviously the population of that genre when it comes to podcasting, TV specials, things like that, and that uh, kind of urge for more information, anything to do to, um, you know, advance the story using kind of an industry term. And you have that perspective now coming from broadcast journalism into the uh, the police realm. And, you know, that really just kind of escalates and you know, kind of shows that need for kind of taking those proper steps. And can you walk us through that step to make sure that uh, not only are the victims advocated, but the integrity of that investigation remains intact and no information, true or not, is not getting out, you know, prematurely that could really impact uh, the work of our men and women at the CSPD? Well, and it's not only up here at CSPD, but now it obviously also involves, you know, the, the folks over my, District Attorney Michael Allen and the folks at the District Attorney's Office. Um, it now also involves the people, again, that we're partnering with, with the FBI, the Department of Justice, um, and law enforcement agencies uh, in the UK. And it really is, uh, we've got to preserve the integrity um, so that everybody's job, but ultimately, you know, our goal is to get Ms. Singler extradited back here. Uh, we are confident that that is going to happen, but we know that it could be uh, a lengthy process. Again, there's just there's a lot of tumblers that could fall into place. So uh, I've seen it widely reported. I have not had it internally uh, confirmed from folks here at CSPD, but I've seen it widely reported on the BBC that our next hearing, you know, isn't until January 29th um, to even discuss extradition. But it's something that we hope will go, you know, as very quickly as possible. And and alluding to what you you know, what you talked about. Obviously, the public curiosity, the public need to know is out there, and I don't have any uh, doubts that, you know, in years to come, when this story is being told, in retrospect, um, once everything has been settled through the justice system and the courts and everything has played out and uh, those accused have had their day in court, that it will be a far different story. Um, and it's not that we don't have that desire um, in law enforcement to share those details right now, but frankly, to share those details and to put them out there would simply make prosecuting this case and giving it a fair trial and giving Ms. Singler a fair trial here in El Paso County would just be a lot more difficult, which is why, again, there's that need to keep things uh, very close to the vest in the initial stages of an investigation, which is exactly where we're at. 
Ira Crowen, all right. Thank you very much for sharing with us that uh, perspective from the Colorado Springs Police Department. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Shannon and Andrew. You guys have a great day.